I have a few places uh, if you want to go ahead and mark those this morning. Uh, I don't know how many bookmarks or fingers you have, but uh, if you want to turn to the book of Romans chapter 2 and mark that for just a moment. Romans chapter 2, we're going to turn and read there in just a moment. Uh, We'll also read from the book of John chapter 10. If you want to turn to those two places, uh, and then I'm going to go back into the Old Testament for our uh, initial reading I want to go to this morning. So Romans chapter 2, hopefully we'll try to get there soon if God sees fit for us to do that. John chapter 10, uh, we will get there. But I want to begin this morning in in the Old Testament in the book of Leviticus chapter 19. So again, Romans chapter 2, John 10, and Leviticus Chapter 19, if you've got that many bookmarks and ribbons or fingers or a combination of those, go ahead and mark those places and uh, we will try to get to those here uh, in just a moment. So again, uh, I'm going to give you just another opportunity to turn there. So Romans chapter 2, John chapter 10, and Leviticus uh, chapter 19. I'm going to read you one verse out of the Leviticus chapter 19 here in just a minute. And I want you to think about one word this morning, kleptomania. Kleptomania. Now some of you are going to perk up and think, is that what a kleptomaniac is? Kleptomania is an action. Kleptomaniac is a person. Now we're going to talk about those in just a minute. But I want to read you Leviticus. And as I read you this one verse in Leviticus, I want you to think about that the whole purpose of Leviticus is to remind us of the holiness of God and our need for Him in our life. That's what Leviticus is all about. So you see, Exodus was about the sacrifice and us coming to God. Leviticus is about our relationship after it's been established and how we keep our life pure. So we see here that Exodus is talking about how that we're brought uh, maybe near unto God and nigh unto God. Leviticus tells us how we are kept nigh unto God. So again, there's a difference of being brought to God. In other words, a lost person needs to be saved. And a saved person staying close to God. I want to clear something real quick. I never want to imply anything this morning that tells us that once you are saved that you will become lost again. For that is not what we are alluding to. What I am saying is there are things in your life that accompany salvation. And if we are not careful, evil or kleptomania will take those things away. But that is restricted to the side effects, not the actual salvation. For we are kept by God in that sense. I want to read to you Leviticus chapter 19 and the 11th verse. So here in Exodus, we're brought into union with God. Leviticus talks about communion and how we keep that relationship with Him. Leviticus 19 and in verse 11 says this, Ye shall not steal... Neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. Well, preacher, you're trying to tell us what we can and can't do in our life. Well, God's Word tells us that. But it's not about us. But it's a simple understanding and awareness this morning that these do exist. Why would I tell you to be on the lookout for something if it didn't exist? We tell you that these things are there in the warning about that because they are present. Let's go back to John for just a minute. John chapter 10. Some very familiar scripture found in the 10th verse. The thief. Now, I'm going to tell you what the word 
thief comes from? Kleptes. I think you're following where I'm going. The Greek word kleptes is where we get our English understanding of the word klepto, which is what a kleptomaniac is. I want to tell you what a kleptomaniac is in just a minute. And it's going to really disturb you. For these people exist. A thief, which is a kleptes, which is a person that does these things. But here's their action. For a thief cometh not but for to steal. Now, this may actually blow your mind. It may not. But do you know the word steal comes from the, the Greek word klepto? So you've got a person, which is a klepto. You've got one, or excuse me, an action with klepto by what they do. And you've got one that is a kleptes, which is what they do. In other words, you've got one that is a thief. And they steal. In other words, it's a person and it is an action. Now I want you to understand something about anything to be stolen. It's because you have something they want. I want to keep reading this verse. But Jesus said, I have come to destroy. And to destroy, he says, I have come that they might have life. And they, they might have life more abundantly. What is a kleptomaniac? You may have never heard of that word before in your life. But a kleptomaniac is a person that has an impulse to steal without any kind of financial gain. Now if I told you somebody, and I'm not everyone imply this is right, but if somebody robbed a bank and they stole from somebody to get their kid through college, it's wrong, but okay, we understand. They're trying to help their kid out. Maybe somebody broke into a pharmacy and they stole medicine for somebody that's sick. Still wrong, still should not happen. But we kind of understand the sympathy part of that. But do you know a kleptomaniac will steal something just for the mere idea of stealing something and walk outside and throw it away because it's not value to them. The whole idea is to simply see what you can take away. Kleptomania. What do you have that somebody else is trying to take. Not because they're going to take it and have some kind of a gain from it, but what do you have that somebody or something is going to try to take away? This is addressed to the Jews. For if I would have, and God never asked me how to divide the Bible up, but if I could have divided the 10th chapter of John I would have probably moved it back about two verses into the ninth chapter. Because in the ninth chapter, in the 40th verse, Jesus had healed the one that was blind. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and they said unto him, Are we blind also? We have what they have. Jesus said unto them, If you were blind... You would have no sin. But now ye say, we see, therefore, your sin remaineth. What he's trying to tell them is, you are saying one thing and you are doing something else. So is that fair? Is that right? You know, we talk about stealing. We talk about copyright infringements and plagiarism and all these things that are ideas and words and something that belongs to somebody else. But I want to tell you something. Your salvation experience that you have belongs to you. You do not have to forfeit the joy that goes along with that. 
You do not have to forfeit anything that goes along with belonging and being a child of God. But I want you to know this. Kleptomania and kleptomaniacs exist. Now, very often in this scripture we talk about Satan. And I will agree with that. But there are the Jews that he's talking about that's going to come along and say, that is not possible. This is not right. This is, this is what's happening to you. And don't you notice this, that these people that are kleptomaniacs, it is a consistent impulse. It's not like, let me ask you something. If you could face Satan one time a day, let's just say your alarm clock goes off at 6 o'clock every morning. What if you rolled over at 6 o'clock, you face the evil of Satan or the evil of the world that's trying to take your joy away and you defeat it at 6.05, you're done, and you go about your day. We can all say, oh, I'll just get through this. I can endure five minutes. But I want to tell you something. We're going to battle him all the day long. But God will send victory. You're going to have kleptomania in your life. There's going to be people, there's going to be circumstances, there's going to be things in your life that's going to do everything possible to klepto or klepta, uh, take away the joy that you have or the things that go along with that. And Jesus said, that's not what this is about. For he said, I come to give life and to give it more abundantly. He said, I'm not here to take away. He said, I'm here to give. I think you can look at this in two ways. You've got those that are to enrich, and there are those that are to be enriched. If Christ is giving to you, that means you're being enriched. But if somebody is taking something from you, then they are the ones to be enriched. Christ did not intend for any human being to live in this life getting less. He intended for us to become greater. And I want you to ponder what I just said for a minute. God intends for us to grow greater and greater in our relationship with Him. First of all, you got to get saved. But you know, I used to hear the saints all the time say, boy, it just gets sweeter as the days go by. You know why? Because if, if you have something that nobody wants, they're not trying to steal it, are they? But if you have something somebody wants, evil and all the things in this world, they're not trying to take it away because they want it. They just don't want you to have it. That's two different things. I believe it is in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, in the, ver- in the 23rd verse, it says, it says, keep thine heart, for out of it are the, are the issues of life. And what does it mean to keep and to guard your heart? It means you have something that others and even Satan himself wants. Let me ask you something. How many people have opened up their heart to this world? How many people in this world or has this world robbed them of a joy that God has given them? I don't know about you, but it's disturbing when, when, when people try to tell us how we can feel or how we can do because if God has given me a joy, it's not for anybody else to take that away. And we have to pray for God to keep a guard over our heart. But a lot of people, they're, they're sensitive to that, so they just open up their heart to anything and everything. There's one thing I want you to hear this preacher say. You do not, and I strongly, strongly urge you, do not open up your heart to anything and everything, for there are kleptomaniacs out in this world that will creep in and they will steal what you have. If there is a thief in your neighborhood, what are you going to do? Most likely you're going to get a dog, you're going to put up cameras, or you're going to start watching out at night, aren't you? You're going to be on the lookout. Not long ago, and nearby, that's the people were, were doing that. They were kind of going through and stealing things, and people got on alert. But if you don't think there's a thief in the neighborhood, what are you going to do? You're going to let your guard down. You have been thoroughly warned this morning. There's kleptomania going on out in the world. 
It's not just by Satan. It's, it's even the angels that he has or the people that he has down the world. They're going to do everything they can to drain you or to take away from you what God has given you. They can't take your salvation. And I, I know we're going to see that in a lot of places here this morning. But the whole idea is to try to take what belongs to you. This is found very plainly back in the Old Testament. When we read to you there, it says, uh, you shall not steal. In other words, God says they exist, but nobody should do it. And you shouldn't be the one having it done too. You cannot deal falsely, neither lie one to another. And that's what he was talking about with the Jews is, is that they cannot be lying and saying one thing and doing another. I'm going to read you one verse. You don't have to turn over and read. In the Old Testament, there's another world, another word for thief. It's ganab. I, I often wonder, is that where we get the world go nab somebody? You know what that means? They go out and get somebody and catch them doing something wrong and bring them in. It's kind of a police phrase that we might use, go nab them. Ganab, that's what it means. In, in the Old Testament, it means ganab. Second Samuel chapter 19. In the third verse. The word stealth means ganab. And the people got them by stealth that day into the city. As people being ashamed steal away when they flee in battle. So what does it mean to ganab or to steal something? Now, I want you to ponder this for just a minute. And the people got them by stealth that day into the city as the people being ashamed to steal away when they flee in battle. So in other words, you can try to go take something by two ways. If you have something in your hands and I feel like I can overpower you, why would I sneak up on you like a thief? If I've got an army that's strong enough to overcome a city, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to march right into your city and I'm going to take what's mine. But when you feel like you cannot take something then you are going to get creative. What you have been given by God, listen to me. What you have been given by God cannot be taken by Satan in this world. It must be given to them. I'm going to say that one more time. What you have been given by God cannot be taken by the world or by Satan. But you can give it. You have something that evil in this wicked world wants. They cannot take it. They're not an army that is going to come in and just siege your life and take away all the joy and the happiness and all these things in their life. So what are they going to do? They're going to do exactly what a thief would do. They're going to go in and in their own crafty, sneaky way, try to go in and one by one snatch, it said, because they were being ashamed to steal away when they flee in battle. They're not going in a triumphant manner. Today, the joy that people have in their life, it's not like they just wake up one morning and all of a sudden all their joy is gone out of their life. It's little by little and person by person they keep sneaking in and sneaking in and sneaking in. I urge you this morning and I warn you that there is a lot, and I mean a great deal, of kleptomania that's going on in this world. And I pray today that God would guard and keep our hearts from anybody and anything coming in trying to take it away. For if the moment you feel like that you 
you are not in a battle, the enemy is about to come in and overpower you. And the enemy is about to sneak in and try to take these things away. So what do you think today? What do you think that God intends for us to do? He said, don't just say one thing and actually do another, he said. For we need to be reminded, he says... That God is there to help us and that there are thieves and there are false witnesses and all these things are there. Let me turn back to the book of Romans for just a minute. Chapter 2, if you marked your spot there. I do not want to read all of this in its fullness. These Jews, they pretended to be a spokesperson for God. But yet they went right out and did exactly against what God commanded them to do. It's exactly what they did. They, they would tell one person to do one thing but another. In other words, it's like a, a, an ethics teacher in college telling you don't, to, don't go out here and steal anything, but then you go out and then they, they're taking everything on the table put it in their pocket and they say, well, that's a classroom. This is my life. It's almost hypocritical to do that. Uh, you can't say one thing and go out and do another. You, you have to do and practice both of these things. And that's why he was condemning them in John chapter 10. He says, wait a minute. He says, by doing that, you're taken away from things. He said, you need to go out and be the one that's going to give these things. For in Romans chapter 2, let's skip down to about the third verse. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such thing, and dost the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? In other words, their orthodoxy was about the right doctrine, but their living was about a a different kind of doctrine. He said, how does this happen? So skip down to about the 17th verse. This is talking about the Jews and the law. Notice what happened here. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and retest in the law, and makest thy boast of God. And knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law. And art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and the truth in the law. In other words, who, who do we listen to here? Thou therefore which teacheth another, teachest thou not thyself? In other words, What are you asking of somebody else are you not going to do yourself? Folks, if we want true happiness in life, we have to be the same person or the same way everywhere we go. He says, are you not going to do that of thyself? That thou preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Remember what we read in the very beginning. If if you want to keep a holy relationship with God, one, we, we shouldn't be the stealers or the false teachers. But one, we have to be aware of those that are out there. He says, but you can't do those things. Thou sayest a man should not commit adultery. Didst thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou sacrilege? Thou that makest thy bow of the law, though breakest the law, dishonoreth God. The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. So this morning, we have to ask ourselves a question. One, does kleptomania exist? Yes, there are people out there trying to, to steal away. But you know what? Sometimes, even in our own life, we have to realize that we need to live a pure life all the days of our life. Not just a few days or some days, but all the days of our life. For you see, in John chapter 10, when we want to read these verses for just a minute, I want to turn back there for just a minute to John chapter 10. 
John chapter 10. I read to you the 40th and the 41st verse. Now let's read John chapter 10 and verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. I like the two words, thief and a robber, because the same word there in John chapter 10 talks about klepto. Do you know that those two names come up somewhere else? Judas and Barabbas. Judas and Barabbas. Study those two for a little while and understand that we all were Judas and that we betrayed our Lord Jesus Christ. You may think there's not a difference in a thief and a robber, but they're both guilty. Jesus was crucified between two thieves. But we also see that Barabbas was the one that was guilty of a crime, but yet he was the one that was set free. You see today, there are people today, and we all are thieves and we're robbers. But God's going to set us free. Notice what He said. The shepherd's going to entrust, He said. He said, but there's going to be people that's going to come in some other way. The third verse says, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. The Holy Spirit comes along and whispers in the ears. And the sheep hear his voice. You know what's more importantly? They respond to his voice. You see, sheep, they're not very smart. When, when, when another voice would come up, you see what they would do is they would go into these places and they would rest. The shepherd would go in and sleep and somebody else would kind of watch their herd. But you know, another person could kind of talk to those sheep and they're not going to respond. And you know what else? They, would, they wouldn't go in and brand the sheep to know which one belonged to which shepherd. They would just kind of keep them all together. You know what they would do is they would open up a door and then when the shepherd come along and speak, the sheep that understood that voice came out. But you know what the others did? The others stood still because they did not recognize that voice. Folks, today I want to tell you something. Not everybody in this world knows and understands the voice of God. Not everybody knows that. Not everybody hears the voice of God. And the sheep, they, they were not branded. They would, just, they would just come out. And here we see that in this, this John chapter 9 for just a minute, he was, he was, he was criticizing the people and the, and the religious leaders that these people did not understand. He said they were blind. He said, here you are. You're trying to lead them out of the sheepfold away from me into Judaism. He said, you're trying to lead them out into trying to live by the laws of the land. He said, but I want them to follow after me. I want to say something real quick. I understand that we're supposed to abide by the laws of the land, and I agree to that 100%. But never at any time does the laws of the land ever become more important than the commands of God. We should always Follow after God. For sometimes there's things that happen out in our societies, in our lives, that's going to try to come along. It's what we might call kleptomania. They're going to come along. They're going to take it away. They're going to pull you away. They're going to draw you away. All these enticing things are pulling and pulling and pulling. And it's like a kleptomaniac. You know, a kleptomaniac has no gain. It's a gain for them just to see if they can succeed in taking something from you. Pickpockets, that's what it is. They, they might want the money for themselves, but sometimes the game is they just want to see what they can get away with. You have something that is important. Your joy, your peace, your happiness, your contentment, all these things that come along with being saved. Notice what happens here. Because he says there in that third verse that all these things that we have that we listen to his voice and when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Well, 
skip down to about the ninth verse. I am the door. Again, that access that we talk about here. He says, I am the door. He's the way in. He's the way out. <laughs> it's two ways. He says, I'm the door. By me, if any man shall enter at, enter in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. I believe today that that's exactly what he is. He is the one that guides us to where we need to go. For the 10th verse that we've already read. The thief, remember what a thief is. It's kleptus. It's, it, it's klepto. It's where we get our, our kleptomaniac from. But he comes forward to steal and to kill and to destroy. In other words, to take away from you. Can I ask you something to see if you can answer this question? Does it seem like this world drains you? Does it seem like all the things of this world drain you? And I mean sometimes physically they drain you. Physically drain you because you've got stuff to do, you've got places to be, you've got too much to take care of. It drains you. It drains you because of their morals and their ethics. It drains you because of what they consider to be appropriate. All these things that we fight against, all these things that we are out against, that does it seem like these things drain you? Jesus said, I'm not here to take away from you. I'm here to give to you. One that is a kleptomaniac, they, kleptomaniacs don't get their name klepto because they sneak by and they give you something without you knowing it. We've got those, those givers today. People sneak in and uh, they're, they're kind of angels sometimes as they're called. That they will give you something uh, without you know it. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is klepto is, has no desire to give you thing. It has every intentions of taking something away. I wish every New Testament church that was that, that still standing today, I would like to ask them, is there anything that you have that evil in the world is going to try to come along and take away? I hope they never take the gospel away. I'll tell you this, we've got the Spirit of God, and I pray that we would always have that, for there's many that are trying to take these things away. And notice what he said. He said they're going to try to come through. He says, but I came, I come that they might have life, and that they might have it, more abundantly. You can look up that word abundantly. It means overflowing. Folks, God does not want us just to give us enough to quench our thirst. He wants us to be filled. Filled with His goodness. Not the goodness of the world. Because you see, the world's going to come along. They're going to try to take it. They're going to try to take these things away from us. But He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. You know, the thief, he's going to be a lot like this wolf here in verse 12. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd. Ah, oh, wait a minute. You got one that's trying to give. And you got one that he said is a hired man. By the way, we all know what it means to be hired to do something. That means I'm going to do this, but I'm going to get something in return. Folks, Jesus didn't die for what he would get return. He died for what he would give you. Evil exists today because they're the hard that want something from you. That's why there's klepto. That's why they're wanting to take something from you. What do you have that they can take? Well, let's keep reading. Whose own the sheep are not. Seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. So here is one that comes along. He is going to cause division. He's going to scare them from where they're at and he's going to snatch them up and he's going to take them away from where they are. So the thief, this is this false shepherd that he's talking about. One that's not going to speak the truth. There was a lot of false messiahs for Israel. 
a lot of false messiahs. A lot of messiahs that would come along and try to point them. And the question is, when you come along and somebody asks you how to get to the gas station, and three people point in three different directions, who do you follow after? It's a tough question, isn't it? People tell you how to get to heaven. Let's get a little more spiritual this morning. People tell you how to get to heaven. You've got to go this way. Sometimes that's what you hear, don't you? One points north, one points south, one points east, one points west. How do you get to heaven? I'll tell you, Jesus says there's only one way. And that's Him. You can look at all the ways. You can look at all the other methods. You can look at all the other things. But Jesus said, you're not going to find the truth out there. You're going to find the truth in Him. That's why we turn to Jesus. Kleptomania, kleptomaniacs. These are people that are trying to take it away. And what I mean by that is, these are circumstances. Even Satan himself, yes, he falls into this category. They're trying to take these things away so that we would not find our way unto Him. And that's what he's talking about here is that, that, that in this... John chapter 10 and verse 12, he says, but he says the wolf, he's going to come, he's going to leave the sheep, uh, he's going to fleeth, and the wolf is going to catch with them and scattereth the sheep. Our number one enemy is trying to drive us away. 1 Peter chapter 5, let me read you a verse if I may. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober. We all probably can understand that one. That means you better be aware of your surroundings. Be vigilant. In other words, you better be on high alert. Because there is something that exists. Your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion. If I tell you there's a, a little kitten around your house somewhere, you're probably not going to be in too intimidated about a little cat, are you? Unless you have a phobia of cats. I'm not talking about that, but... If I tell you there's a lion lurking around, you're probably going to be on high alert. Not long ago on the other end of the state, I believe I read that a lion had gotten out of the zoo. People were a little alarmed. What's going on? Today, if I tell you that there's something that can try to hurt you and harm you, are you going to be on alert? You better raise your alert level when you walk out of here today. For there is one that's trying, it's a thief. He is klepto, kleptomaniac with kleptomania that's trying to take away everything you can. He's trying to give you fear instead of peace. You believe those are two opposite things? Oh, absolutely do I believe in that. God tries to give us peace, the world tries to give us fear. That's why he tells us, he said, we shouldn't be afraid of all of these things. We have to have peace and trust in God. But here Peter says, you need to be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he is like not just a lion, a peaceful lion that people think. He said, he's a roaring lion and he walketh about seeking whom he may devour. What Jesus is telling us in John chapter 10 is, the thief has not walked away with everything he wants. You ever heard somebody say, well, I was robbed last night and they took everything I had. I want to tell you something. I've already alluded to this. I want to say it again. Your soul, once it is saved, Satan cannot take it. 
He's going to keep coming back over and over and over again because you have something that He wants. But the thing about it is, that's kept by God. There's other things on the outer lying areas of that and He's going to keep coming back time and time again. You know what a thief will do? Gets away with something the first time, He's coming back a second time. He comes back a second time, He says, man, those people weren't paying any attention, come back a third time. Man, those people weren't paying no attention, came back a fourth time. You know what? There are people that are kleptomaniacs in your life that are coming back hour after hour after hour because they are successful. Kleptomania, are we allowing them to be successful? Can't call a fisherman a fisherman unless he catches fish, can you? Not going to call a, uh, a mechanic, much of a mechanic, unless he fixes a car. We're not going to call people something unless they're successful at it. There's a lot of success, I guess you would say, that's going on in this world. But I pray that we would always be willing to say, God, keep us. For there, in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 6, and I want to read down at the ninth verse. He talks about the purity amongst the believers. Let me just read you the tenth verse. He said, amongst the believers, you're not going to have thieves. You're not going to have covenants, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners. For they shall not, or for extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. None of these people, he's saying, are going to enter into the kingdom of God. That's why we read in the book of Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, it says, Lay for your treasures up in heaven. Why did he tell us that we should lay your treasures up, uh, up in heaven? For Let me just turn back and read that for just a minute. Matthew chapter 6, I believe it is. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, it says, Lay not for yourselves treasures upon the earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. How many people in this life have things in this world that are out there for the world to take? So let me see if I can word this a little bit different. Folks, if we are earthly minded, we have earthly treasures which can be taken away. But you know what I love about God? You ever, you ever seen a kid really want something and they can't? They, they jump, they climb, they can get everything they can, but they, it's just out of their reach. They tried everything they can to get up to something they cannot reach. Folks, you know what happens when we lay our treasures up in heaven? They are out of reach of this world. Do you ever worry that, oh, they're jumping up there, they're trying to get that apple on that bottom limb, but they're just too short. So they go get a a ladder and they climb up, they're still too short. You know what, folks? With all the godly things and the spiritual times we have in our life, all those things are stored up in heaven. You know what? There's not a country, there's not a leadership, there's not a kingdom, there's not an organization in this world that I'm afraid that can jump up. Why? Because I believe that what we have laid up in heaven, no man can take. Folks, that's where we find our joy in, is that it's safe and secure. Now, if we want to bring all that heavenly stuff down, and let's enjoy it right now, then let's bring it down. But I want you to know this, when you do, that there's very, very great possibility that somebody's going to come along somewhere. It could be Satan himself or the workers of him, and they're going to try to steal that joy and that peace that you have with God away. Why? Because there's kleptomania. There's a lot of kleptomaniacs. Oh, I'm not trying to accuse people of being bad people. 
But it's a simple fact. When I understand what kleptomaniacs do, it's not that they want any kind of a financial gain from it. They just want to take it away from me so that you can live and experience what you get to live and experience. Today, do you believe in John chapter 10? Jesus said that a thief is going to come not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I believe that Jesus has a purpose for our life. And I believe that that purpose in our life is to add to and to make us to grow so we might enjoy those things from Him. I want to get a song this morning. That's what I had upon my heart. Do you feel like that you've been robbed of things? you feel like Satan has come along and he's still trying to attack you? you feel like he's trying to take away your joys? Maybe you're here and you've been saved and he's taken it away. Maybe this is a time that you want to pray and say, God, I want it back. It's mine. It's my relationship with you that I want back. Let me have it from him. For I'll tell you this. Remember how I told you about there's a difference in sneaking into the city versus overpowering the city? Folks, God don't have to sneak up on evil. God can just take it. But evil has to sneak up up and try to ask us that we might be willing to give it away. And that's what he's talking about in John chapter 10. He said he's going to steal. He's going to kill, which means you surrender and it becomes useless. Or he says, or he's going to try to, excuse me, destroy means to make it useless. What's he doing to you today as we sing this song?